Everybody, it's Laura Von Holt, fairy boss mother, author, creative entrepreneur, cool person. I have to do that every time now because I said it one time. I'm a cool person. <laughs> and I'm today, I'm the host of the podcast you love. <laughs> You're doing great. But even cooler, I have another cool person with me. Her name is Adrian Dawes, and we're good friends, so who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> Adrian, do you want to tell the people who you are, what you do, where currently in the planet you are? Where in the world is Adrian Dawes? Yes. Uh, hi, I'm a cool person <laughs> named Adrian Dawes, who's known Laura for a very long time, and I am a playwright and producer originally from Austin, Texas, but I am now living in Fayetteville, Arkansas. <laughs> Where um, I'm getting my master's degree, finally. Yeah. Getting that very expensive piece of paper. I feel like so you free. already have three <laughs> master's degrees, but I think that's just because you're all. So <laughs> I feel that too. Yeah. I also apologize for asking you if you were in Arkansas because <laughs> you're in Arkansas. Yeah. Arkansas. Uh, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, people, people put AK as the like oh. state code. And then that's Alaska, and so I feel very, I love feeling superior and being like, no, 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 it's AR. Oh, it is AR? Okay. It's AR for Arkansas, yeah, oh. but I used to also think it was AK. AK. No, it's AR. But I've grown. You've grown. You've grown. <laughs> no, I know more things, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so you are getting your MFA in playwriting. Um, yes. You have had, in my mind, you've had a very wild year where I don't really even know where you've been, even though I feel like I talked to you all the time, I still don't know where you were because you had so many things going on. So, yeah. what, what, can you just give me like, okay, so I know you were, you're from Texas, we met at Sarah Lawrence College. Yes. Best college for meeting cool people, it's just letting you yeah, know. Yeah, for the coolest yeah. people go to school. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then you went back to Texas, at some point you went to yeah. Chicago and you did Second City. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then you went back to Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> then you did something wild where I was like, where Adrian Dawes just goes places in the country I never thought about. I know. Places so, no one goes to. No, exactly. <laughs> um, so, Fly over. So you went to Tulsa. <laughs> I went to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah. 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 I, know you're th- I know what you're thinking. Like a yeah. big playwright. New York, Chicago, yeah. Los Angeles. No, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Yeah, so, so what That's was, where what, I went. What happened, what, what happened in Tulsa? What was going on in Tulsa? Mm. <laughs> so I got I got this fellowship. I got a two-year fellowship at uh, Tulsa Artist Fellowship, which is uh, it's for visual artists and writers, and it gave you just time and space to be an artist full-time for two years. So it was something I applied on a whim, I think I found out about it through Facebook. Something really random. It was one of those things where I applied and I just completely forgot about it until I got a phone call. Like, not even a, like, oh, maybe you're a semifinalist. I just got the call that was like, oh. hey, you got this thing. Yeah. Whoa, that's like a major I was at my, yeah. yeah. While I was at my day job, which is funny because I was, I was in this place with my day job where I was like, I really need to find something. Like, something has to 
change in my life. And then I got this like life changing phone call like five days after that. And one of the remarkable things about the Tulsa fellowship that you did is that they subsidized you. So you didn't have to work for a year. You didn't have a day job for the first year, right? Yeah. 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 Actually. Yeah. I've been freelance for like three years, which is something again, as a playwright, you never think that that's possible for us. (laughs) We don't make a lot of money making our art at all. We always have to have something else. But this is the first time I was able to, um, you know, I had the foundation supporting, like, my basic, you know, you know, financial needs. Mm-hmm. So cause they give you a living stipend. Okay. And then I would do, like, facilitation, teaching, um, reading for grants, just different odd jobs on the side. It's sort of my side hustle to support that. So between the two, you know, but I got to, like, pick, you know, completely take my own hours or what I want to do or what I want to say yes to. So I had a lot, a lot of freedom for the past two and a half years. And then sometime in this, this year, 2019, you left Tulsa. Yeah. So I was over it. (laughs) I mean, fair. (laughs) Like, I mean, no, no shade on Tulsa. Tulsa, you're great, but you've been there for a while. I mean, a little bit of shade. A little bit of shade. That's fine. That's fair. A little bit. Not, not a, not, not in terms of people. Like there's no shade at all in terms of people, but it just will say that it wasn't, it wasn't a space for me. Yeah. So by the end of 18, right? Because we're in 19. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of 18, I was starting to look for some other, put feelers out for some other options for myself. Yeah. Okay. So then then what else have you done this year? (laughs) So what I've done this year, yeah. So this year I started out, um, and I've always been back to home, uh, back to my mother's house to be very specific in Austin, Texas. So that really has helped. (laughs) You know, I feel like people should be really upfront about that as freelance. Like if you've got someone helping you out on the side, you know, um, and for me, it was my parents, my family. But so I was in Austin for January and then I uh, started a residency in Memphis, Tennessee, Mm -hmm. Crosstown Arts. And that one's also, it's a mixture of like um, visual artists, writers, and musicians are all living in this one space it's almost like a mall it's huge uh, the space that they have is humongous yeah. yeah and then so i was uh you know they give you a workspace they give you a little bit of money um your food is paid for and then i was also teaching like a comedy writing class as part of my fellowship oh, cool. okay. and those were all the posts about <laughs> okay. about 14 15 year old boys who just really didn't care <laughs> You know, or at least in class. This is the thing I don't know. And yeah. if you're listening now <laughs> and you were one of my students, yeah. maybe this isn't how you felt, but how it was perceived by me, your teacher, was that they're just like so over it. Got it. <laughs> and they're just like too cool for school. Yeah, yeah, you know. But um, it was a lot of fun. It was really challenging. Um, like teaching something you love, you know. Yeah. And you were teaching them comedy writing? Like, it's not yeah. just, so they weren't performing it, they were writing like sketches and stuff? No, they were performing too. So it was okay. both. It was like okay. a writing for performance, okay. but then it just became a sketch writing class. Okay. You yeah. know, okay. I, I think I pitched it like, "Oh, I'm going to teach them about writing," because like what I do, as you know, fun yeah. is bad. I write, you know, really dark comedies about um, subject matter that's very serious. I love to, you know, find ways to make jokes about something. Yeah, do you so want to pitch it like that? Okay, can you give people just like a couple titles of things that you've written, or like the premise of them, just so they have a idea of like the flavor along that track yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well you are pretty yeah probably one of the earliest you know those are classic classic <laughs> early Dawes classic uh-huh. early Dawes canon uh-huh. um uh and that was like a brothel it was a modern day brothel and sort of like 
the lives and loves of sex workers working in a single brothel. Mm-hmm. Um, really serious stuff that's in there, and then also just like stupid, stupid jokes. Yeah, for days. Yeah, I, I was and, I was um, in a workshop of that one. I should give full. To what? That's why I brought up the yeah. one. I, can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you help develop Bunny. Yeah, and uh, character Bunny who just does Bunny, bunny. almost the entire play. It was really you nice know, not to have to memorize does. lines. Just. Bunny. Yeah, just, yeah, just your what's your verb? My verb. For, what's my verb for my for each bunny? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's kind of my 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 style, my sense of humor. Anyway, but um, what what are like, yeah, a couple so, other ones? So some more recent ones. Yeah, um, denim doves is another one that's along the same. Um, that one did have, uh, just had a production in Tulsa earlier this year. It felt like it was 10 years ago. It's actually the same, very same year, uh-huh. uh, in April. And that one is like, I described it sort of like a handmade tale, but like a lot of dick jokes. Cool. So it's like a very body, just like awful. It's like the craziest play I have. It's so crazy. Whenever people, like, whenever I get like negative, um, feedback about that, I'm like, yeah, that checks out. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? This part of me that's like, this is literally not for everyone. Yeah. And um, so it's really fun when you find people who it is their thing, you know, and they're like so on board for all the jokes, all of the like, there's a lot of audience interaction stuff that happens in that play. And this depends on the night and depends on the who's in the audience yeah. because sometimes they love it and they are there for every second of it. And sometimes you have shows where people are like, I do not want to be talked to. <laughs> I don't like someone saying penis that often. <laughs> I, I'm i uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just really yeah. wild. Yeah. 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 But yeah. that's like my most popular play, too, which is crazy. I'm just like, I don't know how people are signing on to do this because it's so crazy. But, yeah. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. So you went to, okay, so good. So people understand the Adrian Dawes <laughs> flavor. Um, flavor. <laughs> Sabor. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so you were in Memphis, and then yeah. did you go to Arkansas from there? No. Okay. So two more stops. So okay. from Memphis, I was there from February to April doing the residency, and then also working on the side on some of my own projects, but honestly teaching took up the most yeah. of, of that time period but uh then i went back home to austin for like a month for may mm-hmm. and then i went to muncie indiana what <laughs> <laughs> someplace else you might not have heard of yet <laughs> or thought about no your career as a playwright no. but it's there okay great <laughs> and um it's like an hour outside indianapolis and uh if you know bob ross like he oh, okay. has a lot of uh he he, he filmed his show at Ball State University's, like, in their TV oh, and film department. Okay. So he filmed his show there. So that there's a big tie there. And then also, um, so Ball State, Ball is named after these guys who, like, you know, the, the jelly jars? The, yeah. Like, glass jars. Yeah. It's, like, a huge part of their, like, um, industry, their history as a city. Is Great. These glass. Yeah, right? All Great. these really weird things. Okay. Look at it. We'll just Google it. Muncie, mm-hmm. Indiana. And there's this, uh, so their arts council has a residency, kind of same idea where, where writers and um, visual artists live in this, like, historical house downtown. You're given a stipend for your supplies and everything. And so I was there for a month. I actually planned to be there a little bit longer. Um, but I ended up there for a month, and I wrote a play called Harry and Sherry while I was there. Like, wrote a whole play in a month. 
which has never happened. In one month, you wrote it? <laughs> one month, start oh. to finish. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And then we finished with a reading of that play. Yeah. And then me trying to, like, cast that in Muncie, Indiana, which okay. is very difficult to do. Cause, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I write for people of color. Ah, <laughs> I should specify uh, that. Yeah. Okay. A lot of my, my, my characters are intended specifically for actors of color. Yeah. And so sometimes in places like Tulsa or um, Muncie, Indiana, it can be very hard um, to find people or just to have options. You can find people who just have options with different actors okay. that you can work with. So. Got it. And that's also yeah. a challenge because you're coming from, like, Austin, Texas, and you had a really good community. Yeah. Absolutely. And Chicago, I imagine as well. Chicago. Yeah. yeah. By far the best. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Even Austin. I mean, like Austin, I mean, in re- retrospect now, I'm like, oh my God, Austin has, I mean, for every role that I'm casting, I can think of like five people who yeah. could be amazing at it. You know yeah. what I mean? And there's all these people I don't know. And then when I got to smaller places, when I got to Tulsa, I was like, oh. oh different. <laughs> right. That was actually, even though it felt like nothing like Chicago, Austin still has, you know, you can still make work there, yeah. you know, yeah. really great people. So, yeah, yeah. so I did that. And then from there, uh-huh. I went, to, sorry, oh my God, I don't even remember all the stuff, Laura. It's okay. It's okay, Pooh. It's, it's the same okay. year. It's the same, same year. I know. We just now made it from May to July. Great. So more months. Great. Okay. Okay. So then what ready? Happens? Yeah, I'm ready. Tell me about it. <laughs> I'm going to try, I'm going to try to make this interesting. And yeah. then I went to, um, Chicago, just outside of Chicago, um, to Ragdale Foundation, um, and they're like a fancy. That was like one of the fancier residencies I had. Why, why was it fancy? Predominantly writers. So it's been around for. It's almost established. Oh, All of these residencies I've been to, like they're in their first year or second oh. year, so kind of figuring out. So this has a history. I think maybe thirty-five to forty years. Okay. Like it's been around for a really, really long time. And um, yeah, so it was really great. So I worked on a pasta while I was there, and then from that. Wait, and Costa, so, wait, co- tell people what Costa is. Oh, Costa is a play uh, that I'm still working on that's about um, 18th century um, Mexican paintings that are actually not just Mexican, they're like New Spain. So in Latin America, it's these specific paintings that were like around 18th century that depict families that are mixed race and have these different racial labels and categorization of that. So... Um, I have a play that's about that, and I got the Ragdale residency just to work on rewrites of that script. Cool. So, okay, great. I did that. Yeah. And then, then what? <laughs> after living, so that's like from May to about August, I've been living out of one suitcase. Mm-hmm. So same clothes, just recycled and over and over and over I've again. I've seen you pack a suitcase, so I know that you can really <laughs> do that really well. Uh, yeah. I can now. Yeah, yeah. real proud it's of you. Yeah. I have a lot of practice. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then I moved to Arkansas and I got this apartment, like I found it online, never had been before. All my stuff was coming. So my dad, I had to go back to Austin, pack up stuff. So my dad drove it up. It was like a whole production, all the first week of school. Oh my God. We were meeting everyone. It was like really nuts. I really don't recommend anyone do it that way because that was crazy. But yeah. So now now I live here. here. Now you live here. All my stuff is in one place. Whoa. (laughs) And you're going to be there for a two year program? Three, three, three years. Okay. Yeah. So the yeah. whole, I didn't make you recount your year to torture you. I just wanted to, people to get an idea of like what a working, How, like what a working insane. play, right? Yeah. Like what, like what that life is like. and where <laughs> What it can been. look like. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, I think it's true. A lot of industries, it's like, 
you go where there's a gig, yeah. you know, and if you, if it's just me, so yeah. I can move around fairly easily, you yeah. know, if the money is there and it seems like a good, you know, a good opportunity, but yeah, yeah, yeah. And what was it about the art? The oh my god, I want to say Arkansas. Arkansas. I so apologize. No, because there's people who live there, and I'm sure they're nice. And I'm being a jerk in New York. And they're like, oh my god, yeah. that's not our name. I'm like, I'm the snobbiest snobby person. I'm like, I Arkansas. live in I lived in Hawaii in New York, so I don't know about your middle state. Yeah, I don't know about this like middle. I don't know. Like flyover. I don't know. This, to the island. This whole continent is in. just whatever. <laughs> You're still learning. Yeah, I'm so cute. I am. I, I've li- lived on the mainland continent for 20 years, and I'm still like, what? How do you arrange yeah, yeah. things here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, people, but so, what, 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 what was it about the pro the program in Arkansas that you that you that attracted me? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's I I knew someone in the program, so it's kind of how I was first in conversation with people there is I met um, Lauren Farabee, who is a uh, wonderful playwright um, who I met at like a summer workshop okay. a year prior. So uh, I got to play into a festival, um, Arkansas play, New Play Festival that Theater Squared does. And Theater Squared is super tight with the university. Okay. So I was already here in April. That's what super good timeline is super confusing. Okay. But in the middle of doing my teaching in Memphis, I was also traveling to here to work on this play, um, work on Teen Dad. It's another um, kitchen sink play, is what I like to say. Yeah. It's like a kitchen sink. Have you you've seen it? I yeah. saw I saw the workshop you that was in front of them. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That play. Yeah. So we were, we put that in the workshop, and. Um, yeah, when I was talking to Lauren about like her experiences, I mean, the nice thing about this program, anyone that's looking to pick up this uh, elusive piece of paper, it is three years, it's funded, so no tuition, and then you're also given a living, um, like a stipend for your living expenses in exchange for being a TA. Okay. So that's, yeah, I mean, like a lot of MFA playwriting programs are so much money, and it just never really seems possible for me, so... And you're also, like, well, I remember when I got out of college, some people went for the MFA, like, right away. And you, yeah. like, you're in your mid-30s. <laughs> yeah. No shame. <laughs> I was like, you're in your mid-30s. No, no, no. And you've had a career of, like, over 10 years in Austin, Texas and other places. So you're not yeah. you're not coming in as, like, a very green writer. Like, you've worked a lot of yeah. places. And now you're going to yeah. Yeah, and that's definitely it's definitely a challenge, yeah. you know that that part. Like I wish to God, I mean this is this is the thing. I was applying to grad school. Yeah. This is my third time applying. Oh, okay, uh, third time, you know, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> three Lux Charm. I don't know. Whatever. Thing. Yeah, whatever. Uh-huh. Something three times and I made it. Great. Um, <laughs> but I do wish that I would have gotten in when I was younger. Like I definitely there are aspects of this experience and I'm like if I were just like five years younger I would I would have a lot more patience (laughs) you know what I mean or like yeah I I, you know that's the challenge like if you've already been out doing you know working professionally and you feel a certain way about the way things should be done or the way you're used to things being done and someone that's in sort of like an authority or teaching position tells you something totally contradictory to that. Yeah. 
um, you know, either it's an opportunity to learn and grow or you're like, mm. actually, that's not, I don't really like to work that way. Or yeah. like, I have tried it that way. That doesn't, you know, it doesn't really work for me. Yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, so, I mean, that's a challenge. I'm older than uh, everybody. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I feel that age gap quite a bit. Yeah, it's yeah. been 15 years since I've been in college. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. So, and I, it feels that way. Feels that 100%. way. <laughs> Blackboard. We didn't have Blackboard. <laughs> cool. Wait, what the hell is Blackboard? Blackboard's like an online, like imagine your class, but like in a digital space. No so, like way. your assignments, your quizzes, you can talk to each other through it. But do you go to it's class? Nap on class? your phone. Yeah, yeah. You go to class, class, but this is also like, um, it's just kind of like if you imagine like a private web page for each okay. class. But it's like where your grades are, it's your evaluations. Are there. Yeah, it's like. Wait, so Adrian, did you, was this like in Legally Blonde where she goes to her first day of <laughs> law school and everyone has laptops and she has like a pink notebook and she's like, I'm ready to take notes. And you're yeah. like, I'm ready to take notes. Everyone's like, I have my blackboard and my iPad. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, I have like a notebook and like, and like a pen and, yeah. and pencil. And I'm yeah. like, I'm, I'm the only one going up to sharpen my pencil. Oh. <laughs> Pencils, you know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, okay. Oh. Uh, I remember when <laughs> we didn't even have Wi-Fi in our classroom. <laughs> so true. Um, so very true. But yeah, it's really crazy. Uh, for the most part, it's, the technology bump is great because it does yeah. make things easier. Yeah. But there are a couple times you're like, oh, wow. Like, you're using PowerPoint to take notes. Oof. 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 That's wild. These that is wild. what are they wild. doing? <laughs> oh my god! Um, yeah, so, uh, as people can probably tell, you are the kind of writer who has several different projects going at once, yeah, um, which yeah. is like the fun part about being your friend and also following you on social media is that you're like, what will Adrian talk about today? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank like, you. And also, like, I don't really ever know what 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 a play is about until, like, there's more information. So you'll just be, like, all these random jokes about Harry and Sherry. And then I'm like, sounds great. <laughs> like, you know. You're like, I, I don't know what this is. I yeah. don't know what this is, but I, I said it. But, um, <laughs> well, but, yeah, I mean, I say that because, like, obviously it's cool that your brain works that way and that, and that you have all those things. But I also imagine because you're constantly submitting things, you have to know what project is good for what place and, like, and do all that. Which leads me yeah. into the thing that I want to talk about. Because I'm sure it sounds really great. Like, wow, Adrian, and it is great. Like, wow, you, like, got this opportunity, this opportunity, <laughs> this opportunity. Now you're in yeah. market weight. And um, I think that people might not know that, like, it's not like a job where you just like apply to, you know, one, two or three and hope you get it. But you have a project that you've done for a couple years now. Two yeah. years? Three years. This is year three. Year yeah. Three. Okay. data going back. Okay. Yeah. And it is mm -hmm. the Unfortunately Challenge, which will, yes. you, will you explain the title? Will you explain what the Unfortunately Challenge is and then also where the title came from. I know because I've gotten those letters. But <laughs> you've gotten those letters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyone that's submitted anything to anyone yeah. has got to. Yeah. Yeah. So Unfortunately Challenge is um, really inspired by those 100 rejection okay. um, challenges, which okay. is as a writer, predominantly it's like for writers, but really anyone can find a way to do this yeah. for their own field. But like, you intentionally tried to get rejected from a hundred things in the span of a year. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I had just gotten into Tulsa Artist Fellowship 
I knew I was going to be one of the greener, you know, emerging writers with all these people, like fancy, fancy artists. I try not to read about people's bios before I go to, so I can just meet people. But this was one of the times where I did kind of just like peek and see like who everyone was. And I was so intimidated. So I thought, this is great. If I start this now, um, the summer before the, the, um, the actual fellowship, by the time I get there, maybe I will have gotten something and then I can, you know feel like I have things too or like I'm supposed to be here yeah so total imposter syndrome that like inspired it but um the the actual like unfortunately part of it is because in every rejection letter there's like the same sort of verbiage that they give you you know or like same sort of language and it's always either like unfortunately like you're great unfortunately yeah you're not the one you know yeah so I've been calling this unfortunately, unfortunately challenge. So I've, yeah. I've heard of this in like tech and like business things too. Like you need ninety nine nos before you get your mm, yes or something. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It's, it's just getting more comfortable. I mean, honestly, like I think any creative field, you 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 have to figure out how you deal with rejection, how you deal with no. Yeah. Because you're going to hear it a lot. You know. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, that's the thing that when you actually look at the data and that's what my project is is to have a spreadsheet to keep track of your submissions and see how you're doing is that you realize how much how often you are going to be told no before you get like yeses you know that's part of the process of getting a yes is being told no a hundred plus times yeah so the other important thing for people to know about you is that you're a virgo I'm very virgo yeah so your spreadsheet for the unfortunately challenge is like Mona Lisa masterpiece. Yeah, it's beautiful. (laughs) Like when you post screenshots of it, I'm like, I this is the data visualization on rejection. I didn't know that I needed. (laughs) But thank you, Adrian. (laughs) Um so not not to cut to get you off guard. You have a version of this available online somewhere. Yeah, there's a free yeah. So on my website, uh Mm adriandoss.com slash unfortunately, you can actually go to the website that has you can just, it's its a free file to, okay. to so add. It's if, a Google Sheet, essentially. Okay, so yeah. if somebody wants to do their own thing, they can borrow your beautiful... Absolutely. Yeah, yeah and you yeah. can modify it. People have shown me pictures where they've, like, added different columns. Because, for example, an actor, you know, for them to do 100 auditions in a year, that's usually how yeah. actors have been um, translating it. They have different things they want to keep track of mm-hmm. in terms of data, you know, in yeah. terms of people's names or IMDB or things like that. So um, it's something... It's something built for me as a player, but then can be modified if you, yeah. you know. And not to, like, catch you off guard, I probably should ask you this, but do you, uh, on the top of your head, do you remember what the data was about from your first year? Like, my what the first res- what the year, results were. Results, so my first year, I went insane. Like, okay. I did the math wrong. <laughs> you know, I am a Virgo, but I am not good at math. Great. <laughs> Is why having Excel skills is like saved me. Okay, you know it's like how I can be a producer and yeah. function as an adult and pay bills on time. Yeah. Um. But uh, I did the math wrong. I thought I had to submit five times a day. Um. Because how I was doing the math was I was like I imagine that of all the submissions I put out in the world, that probably four or five percent would be a yes. Okay. So whatever way I did this, I just can't tell you how. But like I worked backwards and was like, okay, well if I'm going to get told yes, this amount of times, and here's all the no's I'm going to get, and here's all the submissions overall I'm going to need to do to get that, you know, to get 100 no's in a year. Yeah. So I ended up submitting to, like, submitting to, like, 500 things, 
and five hundred yeah, in, in one year. Yeah, five zero zero. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. And that then my total submissions. Whew. I got into. But you, you only meant to do one hundred, and you did five hundred. I meant to get one hundred rejections. Got it. Okay, I got submitted five hundred. I think okay. the rejections were like three hundred. Right. Super <laughs> I good. Just went, yeah, I yeah. just like went overboard. Yeah, like I remember, like, like when I got to eighty, like the eightieth yeah. rejection, I was like, oh. So really good, good yeah. for me. And then when it got past the hundred, I was like, "Oh my god, I am a terrible writer. I'm so bad. Wait, so I'm this is so bad. Wait, I'm only <laughs> laughing because it turned out okay. But like, just just the fact that you over went overboard so on such a big scale means that like, yeah. you were like, oh, to cure my imposter syndrome, I'll set up this like data challenge on like uh-huh. building up my confidence. But instead, I also set myself up to be rejected three hundred times. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. That's exactly, you've just mapped the exact, (laughs) you know, journey my brain went. Yeah, great. And, and the, and to come, you know, comedic, you know, affect how that plays out. For even the most organized, prepared person, super, this is what happens. Good. This is how the universe. The universe is like, oh, you want to, you want to be really good at this. Yeah, just kidding. You're He's not good at any of it. Yeah, you'll always be bad. <laughs> wow. Oh so, yeah. So, yeah. but then out of the 500, how many were yeses? I got 26 that that's year. That's great. So that's amazing for yeah. 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 So every single year, every single year excuse me, every single month of the year, uh-huh. I had either a reading or um, a workshop or something going on or publication. I think only one production that year. Well, and so, also, yeah, it got me more yeses. This also makes me think, like, A, I want to know how you were finding these opportunities, but B, that there is so much more, at least the promise of an opportunity than you would think. Because I wouldn't have thought that you could even apply mm-hmm. to 500 things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, I mean, so I counted every individual. So, like, if I sent three plays to one thing, yeah. that was three submissions. That's so that's fair. one thing okay. to kind of make clear. But yeah. another thing I did is I, my first year, I was paying a lot more in fees. Yeah. Okay. And not everyone does that, and it, it was a lot of money. I did yeah. track to see like how much money I spent on fees. Yeah. I, I'm I'm in the mindset of like depends on the opportunity. Sometimes I totally fine with spending money on it, and yeah. other times I. Like no, this should be free. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, so, so I spent a lot of money on fees. That's changed over time. I definitely uh-huh. weaned myself off of a lot of that. But yeah, I was looking. I mean, I was just doing Google searches. I was looking on Facebook too. Okay. A lot of times, things were posted there. Um, publications. I really was just going for it. Anything okay. and everything that I thought possibly could be a fit. Okay. So, and so, you, so were you, that's good. my other question: Is were you vetting these, or were you just like, I have something that may or may not work? Who cares? I'll just submit it. I was way more fast and loose with it the first okay. year because I was trying to get that number again yeah, in my yeah. head. I thought, oh, I have to do this like crazy number. <laughs> so there were places where it's like, yeah, and I, I got a couple of rejections that were like, we're a children's publisher, <laughs> like, uh... and your play with a lot of cuss words in it. Yeah. It's a great play, but just not that. You know what I mean? I had yeah. a couple embarrassing okay. things like that happen. So okay. as time went on, yes, I did get more specific about you know. Either I was trying to hit a specific community or like, um, or yeah, I just would, I would, I would look at the, obviously look at the other kind of work that they did. And if I thought my work was comparable, um, I would submit. And then how has, how has that, how are those numbers shifted in the second year and the third year? So a lot less submissions. Okay. 
but more acceptances. Oh, so your your submission rate rate went down, but your acceptance rates went up. Cool. Yeah, okay. so I feel like I have I'm, I'm submitting like the quality of my submissions are better, uh-huh. both the writing and the also vetting, uh-huh. and finding places that are like a better match. Yeah. Um, and also as time goes on, you meet more people. I mean, really, a lot of the times when I get stuff, it's because I know somebody there, or like by the grace of God, they happen to remember me from meeting me yeah. for five minutes. You know what I mean? Um, and it's actually other playwrights that get me the most gigs huh. more than directors or literary managers and other playwrights who are like just you know have the ear of somebody or like oh hey i got this thing you should apply for it too oh that's so, cool that's very cool. Yeah. yeah yeah pro tip yeah pro tip. Uh, they're not really like it's not really competition at all yeah. the way that you think it is you know that's cool. and that's not your enemy that's someone who can help yeah. you you know that, that's good so. to know and yeah what do you think you learned like because you said you did set yourself up for like even more massive rejection than you had planned for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what did you learn about how you deal with rejection and how <laughs> have you like adjusted things since? Good question. Um, I feel like, again, it's, it's getting, it, for me, it was about getting in the practice of, of rejecting so often okay. and so frequent that it was less heartbreaking as time went on. You know, even the big stuff, like a couple of things, like I would make it second round okay. and I'd make it third round. You know what I mean? And like, I'd be really close to getting the thing. And I think that, um, I came to appreciate that a lot more. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, I think it just sort of made it something I'm used to. So I'm, okay. I'm not ever really afraid to submit to something. That's, That's not really me anyway. It's yeah. Because I've really been my personality, but yeah, but it definitely made me go for things, go for bigger things, you know, and even cold, like cold calls, not the right word because you're, it's an email, but like right. sending a random email to someone and being like, hi, I think I might have a say you'd be interested. Like I would never do that stuff Got before. It. So okay. it's given me more confidence in a way and also just helps me deal with the fact that not everyone's going to love what you do, yeah. you know? Yeah. Just be like, okay, not everyone's going to love what you do. Yeah. And find people who do or find people who almost love what you do. Yeah. <laughs> I have like a tag now on my MailChimp that's just like people who almost said yes. Yeah. Because those people are, are as important as the people who did say yes. Yeah. Because they totally feel what you're doing. It's just circumstance maybe that they can't work with you in that moment. Um, I believe in like sales that would be called a warm lead. There's a warm lead. Yeah. Real warm. You got a real warm (laughs) lead. It's not cold. It's a warm lead. Yeah. I call them almost. Almost. (laughs) Almost versus unfortunately is a big change. It's a very different, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like a no, not right now. No, right now. It's different than a straight up no, doesn't even email you back. It's a totally different thing. So, yeah. Yeah. I think just appreciation. Yeah. Just more appreciation for the process overall. Um, and then also I can, like, I have, I call her the editor bitch that's in my head who just, uh, criticizes every, she's the bitch who's like, oh, you need to do 500. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, she's like, you'll never fit in this fellowship because they all have publications. You know, it's that, it's that girl. It's that bitch. So doing things like, like having the data was nice for me to be like, no, 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 I, I am showing up. I am doing the work. I'm putting it out there. Yeah. That is worth celebrating. Because yeah. there's some people who don't even do that. Yeah. So, like, at least you're showing up and you're trying. That, you know, having appreciation for that. Because yeah. that's really hard to do. 
yeah. it's easy to forget how hard it is. Right. Know, but, and also when you're, you know, like you said, over the course of one year, so many different things can happen that you can kind of forget what you even tried for or like, yeah, like, yeah. I had to redo my CV for something and I hadn't done my CV in like a really long time. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. And then I found like all of these old applications on my hard drive for like, um, I th- oh, I applied to Juilliard several times. And then also like, I was remembering that I like submitted myself to Good Morning America to be an advice columnist. And wow. I was like, totally don't even remember <laughs> what the opportunity was or how I like whatever, but I like had like a cover letter of like why I was wow. going to help all of America. <laughs> Like, That's amazing. Yeah. That's Which, amazing. I mean, still hold that spot for me, guys. <laughs> like, I can, I can, yeah, I can I mean, help it America. Still yeah. You know, um, but I would, go back to those because you never, you know, yeah, no, you never know. You never know. I mean, also, what's adorable is that, like, at the time, like, I just was like, yes, I'm Von Hottie and I have a pinup calendar and they need me. And it was yeah. like, with like no understanding of how like those decisions are made or what the framework is, I was just like, hello, good morning, America. I'm ready. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. That's what I love about you, though. It's like your confidence and, you know, you're really not afraid to try things. I, yeah, and I don't think that incredible. I, I don't think that I am, but sometimes I forget when I've been just like so bold. <laughs> even I was like, I was like, well, who are you could have given them like a portfolio as well. You know, like it was just like, you just sent them an email. That's it. Yeah, it was just like a cover letter. I think because I was like, I think that was step one or something, but I could have also, oh. I could have packaged myself a little more. Strongly, yeah, yeah. But I yeah. was like don't even need to what's up good morning gma google me google Google me me, honey (laughs) wow Um, that's amazing though um but right but when you don't like so i think what i have loved about watching your unfortunately challenge is being like oh here's the data to prove yourself well you know however you're feeling about in the moment doesn't really matter but to prove to yourself like this like I have shown up in these ways and this is actually my I'm doing success. the work. My success. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing the work. And I like it. I like it. I like the sharing part. I mean, that's, it's something that I was doing kind of more on my, I have both personal and public social media. So I was doing it more on my personal and then a lot of people were responsive to that. I thought, Oh, well, maybe, maybe people publicly would be interested in this as well. And then it's, really fun to find those data nerds who are like oh my god because <laughs> well, i think what's yeah. cool about it is like you said it's you're doing it for your creative pursuits because like there's so much advice in like mbas and business and and whatever that um mm-hmm. i don't think i mean i rant about this all the time so like everyone just ignore <laughs> me if you don't want to but there's so much useful frameworks in like entrepreneurial stuff or sales that um yeah. can be i think adapted to an artist um Absolutely. and like so, so to have things like a spreadsheet or the unfortunately challenge or the idea of like a warm lead or even a mailchimp list of people who've been kind of interested that you keep updated is like yeah like that's a sales that's like sales tool 101 but it's like so advanced for like a playwright to be like oh i regularly email people about what i'm doing yeah um, yeah yeah it's hard i mean it's so, yeah i mean we have such a hate love like the business side of mm-hmm. being an artist is something that, you know, I remember in school, when we were in school, like, yeah. we were really actively discouraged from those kinds mm-hmm. of conversations. It was yeah. sort of like, you're told to be an artist to focus on the art, which is important. I don't want to say that it's not. Yeah. You have no career if you have no art. Right. But but to not be able to understand the business side of things, yeah. like, if you get a contract, what do you need to be looking out for? Yeah. Um, especially performing arts, like, we deal with an art, like, an audience is a vital part of <laughs> Our art making, yeah, and and yes, 
like you have their undivided attention when they bought a ticket and they are sitting in a seat watching your play. Yeah. But there's also an opportunity to keep that conversation going. You know what I mean? Like right. hopefully they come see one play of mine or they're interested in something that I do. Yeah. I can keep them engaged and interested in other things. There are other artists that I know that I think that might be of interest. So yeah. I, I don't shy away from social media. I'm sure I could be doing more or less. <laughs> But I have a comfortable in, you know, I have a comfortable yeah. in between for me of like, so that it doesn't distract from my work. It mm-hmm. still lets me keep tabs, you know, um, especially when you travel so much. You like, you have to think about that, like how you keep those relationships in these different places, with these different people. And social media is a free, easy way to do that. So, yeah. yeah. I also think, like you said, you've learned a lot about being like a freelance artist right now, um, which uh, I was th- just thinking about like, I mean, we went to school, you said, 15 years ago, so maybe it has changed. But I don't think anyone ever had a conversation <laughs> with me about, like, what what business models were possible for being an artist. Like, are you work yeah. for hire? Are you, mm. like, a, you know, an, are you in a residency? Are you, an like, are you entrepreneurial? Are you, like, an independent producer? Are you a content creator? Um, you know, like, what, what those business models are. Um, yeah. And so it sounds like from just the unfortunately challenges also led you to, like, uh, to, to explore other business models of what your working artist life is. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah. yeah, I have I have data just on how I'm doing, and mm-hmm. I can pull, I can look and I can look at the data and go, oh, I I have no plays say it on this podcast. I have no plays being done in Atlanta, Georgia. Ah! <laughs> so Georgia, hello, uh, come on, Atlanta, yeah. let's go. No, I was just thinking that because there's two actors I, I think are fantastic and they're both in the list. I don't know. Gosh, really, you're reaching out to more companies where there's, you know, there's actors I really love. Yeah. I should be doing that. Um, but yeah, I have more specific data to really kind of be able to target and go, oh, okay, yeah. well, um, you know, maybe there's some opportunity that I'm not looking at, you know, yeah. just because it can get, be very overwhelming. Right. You're looking at all right. 50 of these states or right. international where you can submit. Right. So, but I think that's yeah. actually what's, what's kind of cool about what you've also done the past few years is because before you were hyper-localized pretty much. Like you did stuff when you yeah. were in Chicago, you did stuff when you are in Texas, you would come to New York for certain things. Um, and I know yeah, especially yeah. Like being in New York in the performing arts, you can get very much in this like, this is all there is. This is the, like the opportunity. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. You know, if you're independently producing and there's only so many theaters, you know, the things just feel like maybe there's... A, there's a scarcity um yeah. but i think your unfortunately challenge made me realize like i mean you have to have the lifestyle like you don't have a family so you can go anywhere yeah. to see it right which is yeah, like also yeah, a very yeah. important um point to make that like yeah. theater artists with families it's a very different thing and there's there's i think some change in the support level for them but it's but it's not as you know as common it's but it's, i mean that, yeah, also, that fits yeah. in with all the rest of like every industry that's like you know made for the patriarchy is like as we as we as we take down the patriarchy then we everybody gets <laughs> like better opportunities change over yeah. Time. yeah yeah and i think where people are vocal too about about um the challenges they have in terms of access, you yeah. know, parent. And I think it's a lot of parent artists being like, look, yeah. <laughs> I want to play too, but yeah. I need some extra things to be able to do my art. So, right. Yeah. I think it's great. Right. Yeah. Um, so again, with like data gate, do you say data or do you say data? Depends. <laughs> I, know, me too, I change all the time. I didn't know if like you have the Adrian Dawes data, 
data gathering. I think it's because I said data gathering. Data. I was like, I was like, where do the A's go? Data gather. Data gather. Data gather. <laughs> data gather. No, data gather. Wouldn't that be kind of a, an amazing drag queen name? Like data gathering. <laughs> data gathering. <laughs> Please welcome to the stage. <laughs> data gather. Data gather. That would be so weird. You'd be like, why are they calling her data? data. Yeah. Instead of data. Data. Welcome to the stage. Data gather. Data gather. Data shoot. <laughs> it's like data gator. Data like gator. Florida queen. She's <laughs> <laughs> like, welcome to the stage, data gator. She's like, rawr. Data gator. I can't think of her signature song, but it'll yeah. come to me. Okay, great. So I just, Adrian now has a new idea. We're going to let her have that. Um <laughs> I like that you're just um you you've just given it to me. You yeah. already been like fighting for it. You're like, no, I'm just gonna give this Look, to you. I know you need it. You need. I know you want Look, it. Adrian, I'm just, I'm just a vessel. The podcast is just a vessel <laughs> like, for like, my writing. Uh, yeah, Thank and, you. And I also at this point, I'm very good at knowing when I have an idea that is not for me. It is like that's a funny joke. <laughs> Adrian, make that joke longer. Yeah, <laughs> Adrian, yeah, that yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. How, that's how so many plays, I'm telling you, like, at the, to the point where when I meet new people, I have to be like, look, I know you think I'm joking about this, but yeah. I will write a play about this. Yeah, no, I know. That's why I was <laughs> I like, I will write a play about this tomorrow. Great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so talking about gathering data. <laughs> yes, yes. One other thing because we have been friends for so long, but we have not lived in the same city since we've been in college. So we've just, no. like, we've had some beautiful times where you would sleep on my couch when you were in New York. Yeah. Those are always special. And, but we, most of, like, our day-to-day contact is, with, like, text message or, like, social media. So yeah. one thing that you have done often, and you've, you've flipped forms on this, but I, I always thought you would find good structures or containers for it, is you usually do some sort of, like, end-of-year reconciling or something so yeah yeah so i think you used to have on like i mean i know in my life i've had like 40 blogs so i think you have also <laughs> had like 40 blogs as well that i just like would start and leave and i keep finding the gmail addresses for them and i'm like wow you did that didn't you oh, yeah. <laughs> oh okay great um, yeah, that's, that's um but so you've done certain things in years past and then so then, so a few weeks ago, I was like, what am I going to do for my end of the decade or review? And so I emailed Adrian, right. what are you, like, what are you doing? <laughs> for the, um, so you introduced me to something which you've done before. So can you, and the, it's a, it's a free PDF that you can, you guys can download. It's called Year, Year Compass. I haven't yeah. done it yet, but I, I printed it out. So. Uh, I'm halfway there. That's the first step. First, first step is just step. finding it and first printing it out step. in your language. Yeah. Uh, but I would like for you to tell us a little bit about how you reflect on the year. Because I feel like this is all part of your, your Virgo spreadsheet. Oh, uh uh-huh, no. Domination. Like, even if you're not making a <laughs> yeah. spreadsheet, you have, like, it's it seems important to you and to your progress to, like, look at what you've done and to reflect on what mm. the year's been and then what you might want to do the next year. So what kind of stuff have you done and what's worked for you in the past year or so? Um, so yeah, I, I just last year started the year compass and it, it's just some guided questions that kind of take you through what I really, what it boils down to is like, what are the things that you value most in your life? And just kind of giving you a place to check in with that stuff. Like, are you on track with that? Are there things that have been challenges? Um, 
And honestly, I haven't, I was telling you before this, like I dug up the one from last year and yeah. I have no memory of doing it. So that's just kind of fun as it's like, oh, wow. yeah, like I don't know what I talked about. So yeah. it's, it's almost like a letter to myself that I can go back and be like, oh yeah, because this year has obviously been so, there's been so many changes that mm -hmm. have happened. I didn't think I was going to be in grad school now. I thought I would, actually I thought after all the residencies, I would come back to Austin, work a day job, uh -huh. save up money. And next year, I would apply to grad school. So okay. I'm already, like, living this other path that I really didn't yeah. see, you know, see for myself. But, um, but yeah, there's this other, so another piece of, like, the un, like part of the story of the Unfortunately is that one of my side hustles is being a facilitator for Artist Inc. Mm -hmm. And if you're in the region, which is, it's multiple states that take up this region, but it's a, a um, it's an eight week seminar in person where okay. you're like talking about your goals as an artist and um, sort of the business side of being an artist. And um, they make you do this obituary exercise, which <gasps> is like, you're right. I know it's super morbid, right? But yeah, you're but writing down it. like, yeah. but you, yeah, I mean, somebody think about doing it, it costs zero dollars to do this, but you like just try to write about like, and at the end of your life, what would you like to be known for? Like, what's mm -hmm. your legacy? What are the things that are, it's, it's, a, it's a writing exercise to get you to really identify the things that, that you value the most. So I really like, you know, super morbid. I did like that about it. And a lot of things I was bringing up were things that weren't related to my third and career at all. Like <gasps> personal stuff. Whoa. Yeah. Like, okay. yeah, which is not what you would think. Right. <laughs> not what I would think either. Because yeah. I'm, I'm a workaholic. I, work is like in my DNA. It's just a part of who I am. But. When I looked over, you know, when I was, like, doing that exercise, it really was, like, man, there's certain things I want for my family, and there's uh -huh. things I want for me that uh -huh. have nothing to do with being a playwright, you know? Whoa. So, kind of taking that, I mean, that's what I felt, what my memory of Year Compass was, were uh -huh. all these different questions and activities that kind of also are pulling at that same question of, like, what's the legacy you want to leave? What, mm -hmm. what do you want to be known for? What do you want people to say about you when you're gone? Mm -hmm. You know, like, that that even though it's super morbid it, it helps you kind of decide it helped me kind of set some goals in terms of five and ten year like mm -hmm. well if that's what I really want in my personal life yeah I need to be doing yeah. this you know yeah I think that's such a useful tool too because I know like when I'm like I love planners and I have a million of them and I love to like mm -hmm. be like okay I'm gonna write these 18 projects this year I just know I right. can oh my god and yeah you're I mean first of all I've I am now very aware of the pace at which I write novels so like it's cool mm. it's cool it's cooler it's just yeah like, you know, it's cool <laughs> yeah, yeah um yeah. but like I can get really bogged down and maybe even like depressed or disappointed in my own like pace or kind of, uh -huh. you know, and then it's like, but if I'm looking at it from the other lens of like, what do I actually want to like accomplish in this year or this lifetime? It's not yeah. like you don't have to write four different series and like, you know, I mean, that, that is yeah. like, that is the burden of being someone with a brain like us. Like we have so many good <laughs> ideas. It's like, I mean, yeah. I could write you five different bestsellers in every genre. Like, what do you yeah, want? Yeah. What do you want? <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, yeah. But that is so useful to look at it from the other end of not just like, what am I going to do this year? But like, what will what will have the most meaning to me? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What's going to be most? Mean? Yeah, cause it's super. I'm I'm totally that person who I I I love to be busy. It's easy for me to be busy. Mm -hmm. I can always think of ten things. <laughs> that I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? But actually, like, slowing down to really, again, what, what 
placing that value on the things that are going to be meaningful for you, not just artistically, but on a personal level, you can cut out so many things that you're like, when you actually put it up against what your actual goals are for yourself, Uh you you can just weed out all this other stuff that is not, you know, helping you or interesting to you. So I like it for that reason too. So yeah, I haven't looked at 2019, so I don't know. Me too. I I I need to, I need to put in my planner when I'm going to do it. Like, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, First step is printing it out, and I figure I would be somewhere on New Year's, and that would be my like New Year's Eve yeah. activity or something. That, but, yeah. That's always interesting too, because I always feel like this like real pull to be like so introspective on like New Year's Eve. But most of the time, I'm with my family and like all the little kids mm-hmm. or whatever. And it's like uh, not, it's not it's very not the time. it's not the time <laughs> to be like no, I need to think about the end of my life. And what yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do I need to be no, doing? It's, it's more like hand me that ball. What's the manifest? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's so hard. It's like been such a, we like live in such a crazy time too. You know, that's the other thing I've been really like, I think will come up. (laughs) I imagine will come up is that like, I think like, especially like around the election of um, Mr. Orange, Mm -hmm. like I, I remember having this one point where I was still, I was still productive, like 16, 17. I was still like very productive. And I was like, look at me dealing like (laughs) I'm still producing like you know I know some artists who are like in their houses and cannot leave and are just like really going through stuff and look at me doing all this stuff and and I think as time has got on I've been like no I have I have been having you know the same anxiety the same Mm -hmm. depression the same just you know you're hopeful for a wonderful future but there's so much that's unknown it's so scary that like it was nice for me to have a point where I like stopped and was like, Oh no, you have been feeling all those things. It just yeah. looks different for you. You Got know what it. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it okay. changes the way you goal plan, man. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. world's on fire. How do you yeah. goal plan? How do you, that? yeah. You know how, do you pl- how do you, how do you, do you account? Say? Yeah. How right. do you account? It's a whole that? other thing that's outside yeah. of us. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, right. we're, we're participating in it. We're a part of it, but like, you know, um, not to get too deep, but like, you know, it's something that, that comes up because it affects affects the personal, which affects like the creative stuff, the stuff that you're yeah. writing about or you're interested in making as an artist. It's all yeah. tied together. It's not like those are separate identities. They're all in the same body. But like, man, that's really hard to think about, you know? Well, and also I think like one of the roles of the artist in society is to respond to what's happening. But sometimes your response like takes a while and like you know needs to compost and sometimes and sometimes the form that you're working in makes it really immediate like i would think of when i went to salem massachusetts a few weeks ago i I was there's a lot of talk of like the crucible as like a play about the witch trials but also response to mccarthyism you know and i'm like oh i can't remember the timeline on which that was written but it would make me think of like um the role of the artist in response to current events and like you know as like a mirror to the current culture everything is um, going on yeah but then it's also like you know how much responsibility do you take for, like i'm sure i know that like things that have happened in the past few years have affected what i've written but i also am like i was gonna ask you yeah. has it shown up in the romance world well it has for have me have you seen it? I, yeah. I, I mean it has for me and like I, I mean i certain authors are like i definitely wrote this right after this uh, the election and so i changed the way this happened you know or people mm-hmm. like um you know, but also publishing, like, a traditional publishing is weird because things will come out 18 months or two years after somebody responded to it. So it's like, you know, mm. I know. But, I mean, I could tell for me, one, the second contemporary series that I started, I wrote that, like, the weekend after 
the Kavanaugh confirmation. Mm. And it was weird because I was like, oh, I'm definitely writing this in response to that because I need, like, one area where, like, like men are good and, like, men are responsive to the needs of women, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. so, like, it, there was nothing political in the book, but, like, I was, like, trying to, like, magic spell catharsis. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like, no, here, I will model for you how yeah. a relationship should be. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's absolutely our role, I yeah. think, you yeah. know? Yeah, whatever way it comes out. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, <laughs> I feel like half the time we don't, you know, it can take a while before you're like, oh, that's what I'm writing about right now, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> you might emotionally, not. you just kind of, right. I'm definitely, it takes a while for emotions to catch up, like yeah. all the feeling things, and then, then like a year happens, and I'm like, oh, that's what we were feeling. Right. <laughs> that's the word for what that, what that feeling right. was. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes yeah. I recognize it, all, yeah. And then sometimes you'll read, so I'll read something that I wrote a while ago, and I'll be like, oh, I was totally processing that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cool, cool. Right? Cool. That's what I was doing. You're like, I put a couple of details so no one yeah. knows. <laughs> great. Good thing. want to keep it a little hidden, yeah. you know. So, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that's what's so great about what we do in, in our different forms is that we yeah. have an outlet for that, you know, where you can really talk about things that are upsetting or yeah. or the way that you want things to be. I mean, that's a really great way to look at, to, to look at some of the more political, um, subject matter that comes out is like looking at kind of like a Lizzo song, like just taking this thing and like, yeah. how do we show, how do we show the, the opposite, um, not positive sin, but like the, like the medicine, how do we, right. instead of showing the wound, how do we show the medicine? Yeah. How do we show the healing? You know? Yeah. Great. Um, well, because also, like, no one artist can be responsible for, like, healing or changing the world, you know? Like, there are yeah, some people who make, yeah. like, really good and immediate political theater or, like, really good and immediate political mm-hmm. writing or something. And, like, and they're good at that and they should do that. And I, but I Absolutely. know that that I'm not that, not person. that yeah, person. Yeah. yeah and no. different people need different medicine, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like there's anyone out there like, don't give me medicine. Right, okay. <laughs> We're all looking, you know, all looking to heal. We're all yeah. looking for answers, you know, and, yeah. and at least that helps me feel like, you know, cause yeah, I'm not the same writer as someone else. I'm not going to take that same thing and write about it in the same way, but yeah. you know, you hope that the medicine or whatever that you can offer is something that's going to help somebody else, you know, yeah. who maybe thinks the same way you do or, or maybe even doesn't, but yeah. 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 Um, so I want to make sure you get a chance to plug your stuff. Um, oh, but yeah. also just on behalf of the podcast and people listening, thank you for your creative resilience and in sh- oh. <laughs> showing us the rejection, <laughs> that, you, that, you, okay. that you brought to yourself on purpose. Thank yeah. you. So it's not as scary yeah. for everyone else. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's your own therapeutic, you know, tough love. Yeah. Get used to this thing. That's honestly, from start to finish your career, it's a part of it, you know? Because you think about, like, the famous people you hear in interviews, you're like, oh, I almost got this one thing, and you're like, yeah. you're famous, why are you stressed? <laughs> yeah. Why are you stressed about this stressed thing? Out. Yeah. It's just, like, from start to finish of your career, yeah. you're going to be did, told no. Um, I was talking about to my therapist about something, and on my of my own accord, I made a list of all of the romantic rejections I could remember. <laughs> 
Oh, wow. I have not even touched that part. <laughs> well, what People was... have done that, though. Yeah, right. Like, like they'll, they'll, like, try to be rejected. Like, I've seen other people oh, do these, do like, other like, challenges oh, for, like, oh, yeah. with, like, social rejection. I'm like, oh, whoa, oh, that no, to me whoa. is crazy. Yeah. I could never, yeah. could never Well, I will that. say the healing process of, like, I mean, also I was on a plane, so I could, like, free to, like, cry and be in the liminal space of Oh, and, like, yeah. But the, the very healing part about it was that I, like, then looked at listen, and I was like, I was like, it's not that long. I was like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Good. Yeah. <laughs> already over it. Yeah, already over it. And also, like, eh. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, they weren't that That's good. Great. They haven't turned out that great. So. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to keep tabs on that. Right. <laughs> so, just, you know, you guys can do the unfortunately challenge for anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if you want to make it for, for dating, yeah. <laughs> you could. <laughs> um, I suppose you could. So why don't you tell the people some stuff you have going on that you want to make sure they know. Uh, yeah. Um, so I... I am, let me see, New York is the next sort of big thing that I have going on. Um, I have a new play called Harry and Sherry, uh, and my private title for the play is Harry and Sherry are scary, but um, <laughs> you will have to see the play to know why they and how they are scary. Um, but that's a new dark comedy. It's about an adoption disruption. That's where a child is brought back after an adoption, so like a failed adoption. Okay. Is what is the subject matter of this? So very very serious subject matter, but there are jokes all over this play, and it's going to be in the Fire This Time Festival, um, January 29th, 7:30 at the Crane Theater. And I don't remember how much tickets are. We'll find I out for you. Google it. I'll put I'll put a link. Google put a link. it. Put yeah. a link. Yeah, you can yeah. find it on my website if yeah. you are looking for upcoming stuff. But uh, I'm really excited about that because I'll be in town for that. I'll get to see you. Yeah. <laughs> I get to see all kinds of fun people yeah. and get to hear what this play is like in front of a New York audience. Yeah. I'm really curious yeah. to see how it goes. Yeah. Exciting. Um, well, thank you for coming on the podcast, Adrian. And um, I have you. to tell you that you're doing great. <laughs> thank you. Doing really great. <laughs> you're doing great too. Thanks, Pooh. <laughs> you're welcome. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please tell a friend or leave a review. You can find me anytime at fairybossmother.com or on Instagram. I'm at Laura Von Holt. You can also find the show notes for every episode and join the You're Doing Great email list where you'll get behind-the-scenes information and extra enthusiasm at fairybossmother.com. Catch you next time. And remember, you're doing great. <laughs>